0: This is Baldy's Breakdowns, the podcast with NFL insiders Brian Baldinger and Jason Lockenfora, an Odyssey
1: Sports original. Welcome to the Week 18 edition of Baldy's Breakdowns. We are almost to the playoffs, and we are ecstatic that you guys are joining us here to get you set for the final week of the regular season. I am Jason Lockenfora at Jason Lockenfora on Twitter. I have the honor and privilege of talking ball with Brian Baldinger, the great Brian Baldinger for um, the next 30, 40 minutes here. That is at Baldy NFL. You guys already know that because you, you, like me, uh, click refresh on his Twitter feed all the time to find out (laughs) what goodness he's going to put out there next as he breaks the tape down. Um, And we are here to review what we saw in week 17. And as we said, get you set for week 18 um obviously uh there's been some news since we last did this podcast uh dan reeves has passed away i definitely want to get baldy's thoughts on that we saw what might be finally the end of antonio brown's football career we have ben roethlisberger coming up um about to play in all likelihood his final nfl game although they are still alive for the playoffs and, and obviously ben's uh Swan song at Heinz Field Monday night is something that um, we will go in depth on. The Bengals making a big statement last week. Uh, The Dolphins making a very different statement. And the Cowboys uh, certainly level of concern. So those are some of the topics that we will be Mm -hmm. hitting on. Um, Baldy, you know, you, you are a historian of the game. You have been a football lifer. Uh, Dan Reeves is is someone who, for, for guys about our age, he was a pivotal figure in this league yeah. for a long time. He played on great teams as a player. He was a part of tremendous coaching staffs. And then he himself forged uh, a very formidable head coaching career, uh, one of the legends of the game. He is.
0: And um, I'm not sure exactly if, he belongs in Canton or not? Um, I tend to think he does. Mm-hmm. I don't know how all that stuff gets fetted out sometimes, Jason. But yeah. Yeah. you know, I'm a former cowboy. I mean, I came to Dallas um, the year after he left Tom Landry's staff to go be the head coach of the uh, Denver Broncos. Broncos. Yeah, he was there for a long time, and um, you know, he, his his last coaching stop was the Atlanta Falcons, and he took the Falcons yes. to the Super Bowl, and that was 1998, Jason. And that year was my first year doing games at Fox. I was working with Kurt Menefee at the time, and uh, you know when you're the first, you know when you're your first year at Fox, you're the low man of the totem sure. pole, so you do the uh, the lowest game. So we 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 were doing a lot of Falcon games, and it was really as the Dirty Birds kind of mm-hmm. took off, and you know and all that kind of happened. Chris Chandler was the quarterback, and so me and Kurt were in Atlanta doing a lot of games, and you know Jamal Anderson was the star oh, yeah. and. But, you know, you, you sit in these production meetings, talk to Dan Reeves. And, you know, sometimes we never even talked about football. You know, like we, we just talked about, you know, the league or the history of the league. I mean, we just talked about a, a, a number of different things. And he was just, you know, in his uh, Columbus, Georgia draw. Yeah. Um, you know, he couldn't have been an, a, a bigger gentleman. He learned a lot from Tom Landry. He wore a suit and tie to every game. Mm-hmm. Um just a class, class guy. And, and, you know, the guy had a good sense of humor, man. Like he didn't make you, it just made you laugh on some of those Friday morning meetings that we had with him. And, um, you know, it was just, it was, that was a fun team. That was a fun year. We were around him a lot. And, uh, you know, when he passed last week, in fact, his, his daughter, is married to Joe D. Camillus, longtime special teams yep, coach yes. in the league, and and Joe is the special teams coach of the Los Angeles Rams right now. and And I, I was doing the Rams and Vikings a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I, I I saw da- I saw Joe, and he just told me he said, you know, Dan wasn't doing well, um, you know he he uh, he had amnesia at the end and all that kind of stuff. And so, uh, you know, he just said, look, if you if you want to get with Dan, you better get you got to better get with them soon. Like, he saw he saw this day coming. So it's, uh, it was a sad day for all football fans, but people that really knew him, uh, it was even a sadder day.
1: Yeah. Um, you, you said it, uh, someone thought of as a, as a true gentleman, obviously a great competitor, a great leader, um, and someone who leaves behind, a, a, a long legacy, uh, on many fronts. Um, Awkward transition. Uh, the legacy of Antonio Brown, much more complicated. Uh, and if that was Baldy on Sunday afternoon, his final appearance on an NFL football field, it, it certainly will go down as one of the more uh-huh. unique exits ever in professional sports. Like I have maintained for a long time that this is someone who who I, I'm not going to pretend that I, I have a, a medical background or that I... Um, I'm a mental health expert in any way, shape, or form, but his erratic behavior, his decision making, um, he's done some some despicable stuff, and I'm in no way excusing that. Uh, but I am wondering if there's been something larger going on with him for a long period of time. The way Tom Brady spoke about this situation after the game, I, I think um, would lead many to believe that that he's thinking that this is someone who, you know, probably needs to be speaking to some mental health professionals. Uh, he 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 went out, I guess, to some degree, on his own terms. But but obviously, that's one of the more bizarre things you're going to see on an NFL Yeah, Sunday. It,
0: it was. You know, but I watched him play. I mean, I know he's saying that he was injured and right. he wasn't going in the game injured. And, you know, that's a battle that a lot of players have, especially this time of the year. I mean, not with Tampa, but with a lot of other teams. I mean, a lot of guys like, you know, I doubt Baker Mayfield plays this week. With the yeah, shoulder he's, like he's done. Shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, a lot of guys make these kind of business decisions with their health. Um, but, you know, watching Antonio in a game, I mean, I saw him run a, a comeback against Bryce Hall, the Jets corner, who's a good player. He ended up on his face. Like, he, he twisted him so bad. It was like classic Antonio Brown. Now, Maybe he got hurt later on, you know. Maybe this thing surfaced in different ways. I mean, I'm not gonna. I, I never challenge a guy's any guy that says he's injured, um, and so he's not going to the game. Bruce Arians tell him to go in the game. Who knows? Right. I know after the game he said, and I I echoed this because it's a mature statement. I just don't believe it. He said, "Football is what we do, but it's not who we are." Well, all right. If that's how you want to phrase it, fine. But then, you know, act, act like you're something else. You know, don't act like a fool. Because that's what a fool does, you know, an emotional right, right. fool. Yep. But, you know, if you if you have instability, just mental instability, and I'm not accusing him of any of that, but if he has that, then that's another issue that he needs to get help. I I in the back of my mind, honestly, I, I don't feel like any of this is going to end well for Antonio no, unless so. he does get help. Yes. Yeah, so. And I don't know that he feels like he needs help because he hasn't, he hasn't sought any. Uh, he's back on social media. Who knows where that's going to go? Yeah. <laughs> you know. Because what happens on social media to a guy like that is he's going to get all his supporters. Oh, you're the man. Sure. Told you, you're sure. the man. And, you know, and yeah, hey, go for it and, you know, stay, you know, throw your middle finger up at the league or, you know, like that's not good. That, that's not good. If you're getting sort of that kind of feedback, you know, from your fan base out there. Um, so I, I I you know, here's the thing, Jason, in this history of this league and pick a player that has had problems. Talent usually wins out. And somebody usually right. signs. That's why Tampa signed him. That's why sure. Brady wanted him. That's why they kept him around after the vaccination it's card. Why uh, they kept him around. So thing. talent still wins out, but you're thirty-three, and at some point you just go, Is whatever talent's left, which still looks like it's you know, he was their best receiver the last eight games last year and through the Super Bowl, um, caught a touchdown pass in the Super Bowl last year on a route that was the wrong route, you know, but yeah. caught the pass. So, but, at, at, you know, 33, and I just don't see anybody going, we got to have this guy. No. This, is, no. this is the missing piece to our team. I mean, I don't, I don't see a team, even if this thing dies down, the offseason comes back, I just don't see a team doing that right
1: now. No, I do I- I don't either, and this is someone who five six years into his career, Baldy, was on a trajectory that maybe only Jerry Rice had been on previously in terms of wide receiver production um, for the first five six years of his career. Oh, he, he,
0: he was an unbel- unbelievable Jason. I mean, I I, I remember distinctly going <clears throat> top five receivers on an NFL Network show on a big stage, and. In front of Calvin Johnson, and at number one, was Antonio Brown. I think I was doing a show with Nate Burleson at the time. And Nate was, he was like in lockstep. Like, this is the best route runner. And I did a thing on, for the NFL and YouTube and and all that, like why he was the best. And and I showed his route running. To this day, I think that video is like over 20 million views. Wow! Like, it it was like the number one. They always come back to me all the time. Paulie, do a breakdown like you did on Antonio (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah. there's, conjure there's, that magic up for us again. again. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Like, like you could do that on demand, Baldy. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, I put some time into it. Sure. It blew up. Right. People loved watching a guy five foot ten, you know, undersized. Mm. I don't know. Third round pick. All that stuff. Go and dominate the league like he did. And I always said this when Ben and we'll get to Ben. But yeah. when Ben's yeah. got yeah. to trouble for a stretch of those five years, he only looked for one guy. Antonio Brown came into his vision and and I know people were trying to make comparisons to you know TO TO never did anything like this. Right. But um so I, I would never make that comparison. But you know, TO was like that when the quarterback was in trouble. Like, sure. Here I come. I'm coming to the right. Re- yeah, come find me. I'll yes. go bail you out. And and Ben did that all the time.
1: Yeah. Um, well, again, we we, we hope Antonio Brown have, if this is the end can can have a productive uh post playing yeah. career and um hopefully his his behavior changes for the better well you know
0: uh, people say jason and this is it's not just football players it's it's people you know people that have made a big chunk of money they're like oh he's set he's set for life oh no no
1: no 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 <laughs> i i i, I I'll, I'll all contraire frère. Not nah, that million dollars <laughs> in incentives he every penny of it mattered trust me yeah
0: no, it's 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 nice to you know have a pillowcase full of money, but it doesn't solve any of your issues. And
1: I'm not sure he's. I don't think they're uh, ball Well, I, I, mean, I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, we don't yeah. know. I, I, you know, I, I We'll. Yeah,
0: I, we'll I, find I, out. Yeah. We 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 will.
1: Well, you mentioned Ben Roethlisberger, his longtime quarterback, uh, showed up, gutted it out. I I, Baldy, I'm not sure I've ever seen a game before where the winning football team throws for 2.67 yards per passing attempt, but they did it and they beat the Browns fairly handily. They kept their season afloat and they rewarded that passionate, uh, crazed, energized fan base that really had Heinz Field rocking for Ben's swan song, uh, at least, I, 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 as in terms of playing home games for the Pittsburgh Steelers, it
0: was an amazing tribute because I'm, you know, I'm just sitting on, t- you know, like probably like yourself, Jason. I'm just sitting there watching it on TV. Oh yeah, and it's jumping through the screen, and it looked like, you know, everybody from Cam Hayward to TJ Watt to Minka. I mean, it looked like everybody, Najee, like they played their best. Yeah, and on, almost in honor of Ben and what he has meant to that franchise and that city and everything else. And so it was, it was truly, I don't know that you could say, okay, if this is my last home game, which, which it was that you could have had a better exit than what he had and against, you know, the, uh, their arch rival, the Cleveland Browns and, and all that kind of stuff and keep your playoff hopes as minimal as they are, keep those playoff hopes alive. And so look, I mean, it was, I mean, players want to go off into the sunset. It's pretty much going off into the sunset when you could do that at Heinz Field and you get that kind of reaction.
1: Well, and and Baldy, to to get the win, um, obviously huge. To, to keep their playoff hopes alive, obviously huge. But the star of the show for me was T.J. Watt. And what this guy is doing, having missed as much time as he's missed yeah. and being on the trajectory that he's on. And lest we forget, the last time he faced the Ravens, he had three and a half sacks, six quarterback hits. I think he had uh, like 12 pressures. He got a pressure on 34% of the dropbacks. Uh, Michael Strahan uh, might be ready to hand that throne over.
0: Well, I mean, he's at 21 and a half sacks. Um, he's a sack and a half away from setting a, an NFL record. Um, and it's very achievable. Now, I don't know who's playing quarterback for Baltimore. Tyler Huntley. Probably Bernard, Huntley. Probably Huntley. But he, he is pretty elusive. Yeah. Um yeah. Uh, that that I mean I think that guy's got a future but uh but that's the challenge you know and they'll do everything they can to get him that record. It's just one of those things. I I said going in to that game this week that that record is is hanging in the balance. TJ is going to go for it, man. He's just that type of competitor and um you know, he he's got he's got the effort and the juice and if Baker wants to hitch once or hitch twice to make try to find an open receiver TJ is going to get home. And that's what he did, you know, quite a few times. So I was – I mean, it was uh, – I don't know how Baker you know, like, took all those hits the other day. Uh, it was brutal. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'll am i be in Baltimore this, uh, this Sunday. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing if we're seeing some history made. I know that uh, – I'll say this about Ben, you know, in this final game. I remember – that draft of 2004, Eli Phillip Rivers-Ben. Mm-hmm. And I'm from Pittsburgh. My mom and dad are from Pittsburgh. And I remember literally my mom saying, the Steelers got themselves a quarterback, Brian. Watch out. He's going to be the best of all of them. I go, why do you say that, Mommy? Oh, he's just – he's got it. He's big. The Pittsburgh likes a big quarterback, yeah, Brian. Yeah. And my mom saw it from the beginning. I um, hope, you know, uh, it's, he's, he's been good. I – I, has he had a, a losing
1: season? Has he ever had a losing season? I think he must have under Cower but at some point, but obviously not under Tomlin because Tomlin's never had one. No.
0: So the last 15 years under Tomlin, so I don't even know if he's had a losing season. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's just phenomenal. been a remarkable run. You know, I, I don't know how he's doing it because I'll bet he has a hard time getting around oh, on Mondays. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No he's, doubt about it. He's gutting it out, man. He's he's gutting this whole forty-six thing out, passes
1: man. for like a hundred and twenty-three yards. I mean, that's, that's uh, I, I never heard of it.
0: Uh, I mean, it's a, it's just checkdown city right now. Check yeah. down and downtown, and the, the downtown throws aren't connected.
1: No, no. But you know what? True to form, a very a, a, a bad offense, a flawed team. At many times, you'd think this is the end. Halftime of the Ravens game. Halftime of the Vikings game, halftime of the Titans yeah. game, and yet here they are in Week 18, still having a chance. So that that yeah. that kind of to me just defines that whole era of Tomlin, Roethlisberger football. You could never really put them down. They never played games that didn't matter in the standings, and to do that for a decade and a half is ridiculous. Well,
0: they no matter what their. Situation is, and there was, you know, I mean, there was some quarterback play a couple years ago. It was, you know, when Ben got hurt in that second oh, game yeah. of the year. Yeah. I mean, that quarterback play, you know, I, I mean, I saw – Duck Hodges, remember that? Yeah, I mean, it was – exactly. So, um, and I saw that team gutted out. The, the, they just have certain guys on that – in that organization that are just Steelers. I mean, Minka Fitzpatrick is a Steeler. Cam Hayward is a Steeler. Like, they just play the game – um, the way those Hall of Fame greats that came before them played the game. And I don't know if there's just ghosts inside that building, that practice field inside Heinz Field. Yeah. But those guys, it makes you go back and, watch, and, and remember some of those players and how they played the game. Cam Hayward was unbelievable the other day. I mean, oh, yeah. his, his hustle, effort, power, and I don't know how old Cam is now. I mean, he's 10 years into this thing at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's playing as good as he's ever played right now, and I don't know where it comes from. Uh, but they they dig down deep. They play the game the right way. It's not hard to find those guys on the field. I tell you that.
1: No, it's it's not. Um, but Baldy, nothing lasts forever. That that is a chapter closing in Pittsburgh, and we now look at that division and the Bengals may be the new bully on the block. The, the Browns are going to have to bring in some competition for Baker Mayfield. You know, yeah. he's on a fifth-year option. He's not going to get an extension. You know, the Ravens are in a complicated situation with Lamar Jackson, who had, on the whole, statistically, arguably his worst season, who, you know, was unavailable a lot of the second half of the season. And now he's on a fifth-year option. He might count $23 million against their cap next year. Um, the Steelers got to find a replacement for Ben Roethlisberger. And here, are Mike Brown's Bengals with <laughs> Joe Burrow, Mixon, Boyd, Higgins, Chase, all signed for multiple years, all under the age of 25. Uh, i this. Person. And setting records offensively week in and week out. Look out.
0: Well, I think it's it might be the best young roster in the NFL. You know, um, they signed the free agents at the right spot, Trey mm-hmm. Hendrickson. You know, it was drafted in 2017. He's having a monster season. Um, you know, Cheeto is still just in the prime. Yep. Jesse Bates has been a great player. I mean, you know, Larry Joby. I mean, they just, Sam Hubbard. I mean, they've got – you could just go through the players on defense. You know, you go through some of the players on offense right here. Um, and you just go, this This team could be around for the next five years. I'll say this. If you give Joe Burrow time, he, he doesn't miss and uh and you know and if you have the trio of receivers and the tight end yep. and the running back it's good now i'll say this i went back and, and watched it i mean he was sacked 5 times he was hit 11 times he's the most sacked quarterback in the league i don't want to throw you know cold water on this uh on this team right now but he loves empty formations yep. he loves yep. getting five receivers out and that's okay i mean you know they they you know uh 3rd and 27 I, i'm you know i'm going to you know, I don't know exactly why Spags is, you know, throwing a max blitz at him, but you know, I, I'm going to throw it to Jamar. So that's fine. Uh, but he took a lot of hits and he's been sacked a lot. And so that's my concern is up front. They have to get better. Uh, that's going to be the Achilles heel when they get to the playoffs uh-huh. against, you know, maybe Joe was hit the first three plays of the game by Kansas city and sacked twice. So that's, really the challenge right now is how well they can practice. Cause they do, they don't like to max protect. That's no. not what he does. They don't yeah. like to pack it in and go, okay, we'll, we'll throw the tea into Jamar and we'll pack it all. They off. want to give but, him as many options as possible. They want to give him as many options. That's one way to protect. But I, you, you know, when you got Chris Jones and yeah. Frank Clark and some of those guys rushing, um, they, they, they hit him a bunch. So that's, that's the only concern, but I mean, it's the talent is, I mean, look, anybody could see it. Um, uh, when Jamar Chase catches that ball on second and seven uh against Tyra Matthew in the flat. Yeah. And then he like he just hit the gas pedal. Yeah. Like you just don't see you don't see that in the NFL. No, I saw no. that from say Odell Beckham, you know, his first year or uh-huh. second year in the league, where he could just, you know, hit the gas pedal and just run right by everybody. But Legarius Sneed runs in the four threes, Jason. He ran yeah. right by him. Yep. And I remember <laughs> doing a Baltimore Cincinnati game this year. And I talked to Jamar about like, what, what, like, how fast are you? What What's your, what gear do you have? Because I don't know. I just run. And I, and I think he just does. Like, I don't know that you can even time it. I know there's next gen stats and all that kind of stuff. I, I think he just is, he just has that level of speed, you know, that, and, and strength, all, all the, just the rarest of combinations, you know, to, to be this guy.
1: Well, and, and Baldy, you, you talk about roster construction. I, I was having this discussion on my radio show in Baltimore the other day. Like, if they really wanted to, like, if they wanted to, I don't know if you pay much attention to baseball, but the 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 Anaheim Angels or the Los Angeles Angels, Anaheim, or whatever the hell they call them these days, have had difficulty developing starting pitchers forever. The baseball draft is, I don't know, 20, 40 rounds. They took nothing but pitchers. They did not select anything other than a pitcher and their entire draft like Mike Brown could literally draft nothing but offensive lineman. If you like, I mean, you could, you could make the case cause they still have free agent money to spend too. Yeah. You know, they don't have that many big ticket items. Like you could literally draft a lineman offensive or defensive lineman in every round
0: and mm-hmm. be fine. No, I mean, look, they're, they're starting Isaiah Prince at right tackle, Akima Deneje at Kansas at right guard. I mean, they're, I, they're, they're NFL players. I don't know that they're front line, right? You know, you're protecting your most, your, your biggest asset. Uh, the kids, Burrow's unbelievable. I mean, he's just so steady. And I mean, he just, I mean, if you had to just pick a guy, like I want to throw a football like this, like this is how you throw it. Um, you know, and he's got enough elusiveness, um, and toughness and all that stuff. And so, uh, but yes, I, I'm, you can make a case like just, Go get yourself four new linemen, and yeah. you know, coach them all up, and put the best five out there. I, I I'm not in disagreement with that at all. Or, or, go spend your big free agent money on a right tackle, you know, and yeah. say, okay, we're gonna have Jonas Williams on one side, and our big free agent on the other side, and we'll we'll develop a bunch of guys and have a round robin competition for the middle three.
1: Yeah, I mean they're 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 set up. I, I think they literally did not make here. a
0: mistake in free agency. No, they had a home
1: run off season. I mean Trey Hendrickson couldn't
0: have been better. Ogan Joby. Yeah. Uh uh Cheeto. Oh, yeah. Mike Kilton, like you
1: couldn't find one. Mistake. Not one slip had. up. No. And go look, go look at the last couple of drafts, too. No, look, that there's not, there's not a like, this isn't a fluke. Like, they had a tremendous offseason. The Steelers doubled down on Ben, you know, which is fine, but we knew kind of what that was going to look like. Um the Ravens did not have a good offseason, like eight million for Villanueva, five million for Sammy Watkins. Like they had, you know, not not well managed this year. And the Browns, you know, had their kind of Browns turmoil we've seen them have. And Odell, you know, leaving in the middle of the year and still not sure about Baker. So yeah, they were the they had the best offseason and they've been the best team in that division. And they're they look to be set up to be a factor for a while. Um, other See, end of the spectrum. About that team, oh, Jason, sure. just, yeah, yeah. Just
0: about them. I, I think I've said this before, but I was around him in the preseason. Um, whatever anybody wants to think about Zach Taylor is fine, but that guy has built a camaraderie. Yes. In that team, and it's palpable. Like you, you. I mean, just look at any game and watch the offense pulling for the defense, the defense pulling for the offense. Watch how that team just plays and pulls together, and you—it's you, really something to see. Now, a lot of it is—is is, is youth. A lot of it is guys that you know haven't won, and the feeling that we can do this. I mean, Joe Mixon hasn't been around anything like that, um, but you know, you—you could see it. Like, yeah, they're having a good time with this, and but it was like this. It, it was like this in uh, in the summer. In uh, preseason, I felt like they had this going on. You know, the Ravens, look, we we all love Calais Campbell. You know, Justin Houston has had, you know, some great days in this league. Mm -hmm. Um, Derek Wolfe has been a part of a Super Bowl champion. But, like, Mm -hmm. at some point, you just get old. Brandon Williams? I mean, been a run stuffer for a long time, but it's over. At some point, you get old and slow. And that's kind of how they look to me.
1: No, I I'm with you. They got they got to completely rebuild their defense. Um, well, we we talk about the Bengals and the statement they made against the Chiefs. Uh, the Cowboys and the Dolphins made a very different kind of uh, statement, Baldy. One uh, somewhat odious, at least uh, as as someone who spent time watching those two games. Uh, I don't want to diminish what Miami did because it's, look, this is professional football and you play who's on your schedule and I think Brian Flores established some things defensively in particular that I think could pay dividends down the road. Um, But offensively, hmm. Well,
0: here's what Tennessee is. Tennessee I think has the best front, defensive front in football. Uh Uh, When you look at uh, Jeffrey Simmons, Denico Autry, Harold Landry, Bud Dupree, uh, and any of the assortment of free agent defensive tackles that also line up, Tahir Hart or Naquan Jones. That, and then if you add Zach Cunningham to Rashad Evans uh, inside, and you add, you know, a young Christian Fulton playing good and a Jack Rabbit, and you know, to go with what they have in the back end. I mean, it's it's if you have a weakness on offense, they're going to expose it. So the weakness was, for the Dolphins, was a very bad offensive line and a quarterback that was really shaky behind a bad offensive line. Mm -hmm. And so they have been dinking and dunking down the field, and the defenses kept the score down, and they were able to play that style, but not against Tennessee. They just exposed your weaknesses. And the way that they came off the football offensively, I mean, you just see the defensive front of the Dolphins just get bent backwards. Yeah. Repeatedly, and Dante Foreman and Dontrell Hilliard, you know, they, they fell right out of the sky in the Music City. And whether Derrick Henry comes back or not, I mean, they, they'll run the ball with those two guys. And so it's it's a very good team, and they are at that stage where whatever weaknesses you have, and the Dolphins have considerable, um, they expose them, and that's what happened. I mean, it was a, it was as bad a, the score wasn't even indicative. Of how dominant Tennessee was, I think it was thirty-four to three, Jason. But it looked like it was worse than that to me.
1: Yeah. No, it was rough, and we'll see where Miami goes from here. I will just say, uh, their owner Stephen Ross, who already has a secession plan in place, and knows that, you know, time is not on his side. He has been a major champion of Jim Harbaugh for a long, long time. And as much as Brian Flores isn't has done a this, great isn't, job, the,
0: the, isn't the School of Business at Michigan yes. named after Stephen yes Ross? Yes, it is.
1: Yes, it is. And if Jim Harbaugh <laughs> is ready to leave Ann Arbor and Stephen yeah. Ross's alma mater for any way, shape, or form for the NFL, uh, I, I would find it shocking for Ross not to at least be um, exploring that that possibility um and I'm sure next week we will talk a little more well I know we'll talk a little more about the coaching carousel baldy because it'll be in full swing um Dallas Cowboys I don't anticipate them making any coaching changes I, I gotta say though I I have found the um anointing of Kellen Moore to be a little bit uh, premature. And, and this yeah. is something you read. My, if you read my columns at CBS sports.com, this is I, I, I've been saying for a while now, like, are, why are we so fast to talk about him as a head coaching candidate? Let's see a full body of work that shows me that they can evolve as a season transpires and and handle adversity and keep making the, the adjustments in a chess match that plays out over now 18 weeks. That offense yet again has run into a a long period of time now where it ha- it's been funky, Baldy, and uh, the fifty six points against the Washington JV like yeah. th- that was a freak show. But yeah, I, I don't know yeah, how no, you no. don't have res- They got a lot of talent there, but they don't seem to have a whole lot of ideas right now. Well, okay,
0: uh, so they a lot of people say, well, let's get the offensive line healthy. You know, let's get them back. Well, they got everybody there. Yeah, there's you know Tyron Smith is in there and Zach Martin. I mean, they're all there. So. They ran the ball 17 times, Jason, on eight of the 17 or nine of the 17 runs. They went for two yards or less. Like, they 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 they, they did not run the ball well against nope. an Arizona team that, you know, had a hard time with yep. Jonathan Taylor yep. on Christmas night. Um, the thing that's bizarre, though, okay, you can't run the ball. Teams want to stack you up, and Zayvon Collins gets in there, and Isaiah Simmons plays out of his mind, and <clears throat> they have a good defensive game plan. Okay. They could not get the ball. I mean, they. What are the resources they have with C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper? I mean, those are your two star yeah. wide receivers. Okay, nobody will deny that those are two star players. They caught three passes apiece. Yeah, like they had no impact in the game. Nope. I know, like uh, uh, Amari caught one touchdown, but they had no impact in the game. So, what are you doing from a game plan standpoint to get your wide receivers the ball? And I'm not talking about throwing a hitch route. I'm saying, right. like, it feels like they run their offense, and if Dalton Schultz is open, the ball goes to Dalton Schultz. Well, what about you know, getting steaming it up? Off? Yeah, like I don't see that part working for that. a matchup, right? Yeah, like I don't see like they had a they had a they had this kid Peterson number twenty seven playing right corner for Arizona, and I you know I don't pretend to know a lot about him, but he he doesn't look like he's got. You know, it doesn't look like Patrick Peterson out there in his prime, right? And they really don't didn't go after him. And I'm saying to myself, Amari Cooper turned this kid around like in a circle, man. Yeah, like yeah. CD would run right by him. So to me, that that's where this thing really bogs down is offensively, and it's been like that. It's not. And then there is a miscommunication in every game between mm. Dak and Amari. Yeah. A Dak steps up, got a pocket. Um, you know, there's his own look. Amari, like, curls in. Dak thinks he's coming all the way inside. Amari stops. Ball's bouncing off the ground. And I'm going, these guys have been together now for how many years? Three years? Like, this This can't happen. And I see this in every game between the two. Yeah. So, I, I don't want to put it all on Kellen Moore, but it is the job of the offense coordinator to make sure that their playmakers are getting the ball. Like I don't think it's really that hard to be honest Right. With right. you. I just don't think. Well, it's when you that have hard. that
1: many potential players, like like people were saying when they took Ceedee Lamb, like you don't need another receiver. Well, they did it anyway just to make sure, right? To to double down on a strength to say, well, yeah. we should be able to play from behind. Because remember, at that point in time, everybody's like, your defense sucks. And I think they said, well, we're going to double down on what we do best, and we'll just score forty-five before you score forty-five. They can't score twenty-four. But like if you just say, um, I don't want to compare
0: Dallas to anybody else, but let's just say Green Bay. Like, they know how to get the ball to Devontae Adams any way you want to get it to him. Yep. On any down distance, red zone, third down, fourth down. Need a play at the end of the game against San Francisco to go win the game. Like, they know how to get the ball to Devontae Adams. Like, why don't they know how to get the ball to C D Lamb? I think he's their best player. Like, he's the, I think there's their toughest guy. Like I don't know. Like I love the kid, but like, there's no way he should come out of a game that is um, where you're playing from behind all game. Yeah, where he comes out of the game with three with three catches, and I don't know five targets or whatever. Like, there's just no way.
1: Yeah. Well, like I've been saying, the defense going to have to carry them because I, I I don't I don't know that they're they're going to unlock all this on the fly, um, especially as now that they are dealing with some injuries on the offensive side of the ball. Well,
0: I would yeah, say okay. the from the other standpoint, um the defensive game plan of the Cardinals was amazing. Um because they knew that Micah Parsons can ruin your game with his speed. Oh yeah. And so Vance Joseph, he did things that I haven't seen any other team do. Like they got the, the reason why Mike only had five, you know, five tackles. And he, he he affected Kyler Murray all game long. He was chasing him all over the yard, but they, he was a man coverage on um, on the running backs, and he would just moved. And so, you know, they they were able to maneuver uh, Cliff Kingsbury. I'm sorry, they was able to maneuver Micah Parsons by formations and motions to get him out of the picture, so that you could run a quarterback draw or take the shot down the field to Antoine Wesley, like. There was some good game planning going on there, to really at least put a governor on Michael Parsons not let
1: him just ruin the day. Yeah, no, absolutely, a great showing um, by by the Arizona Cardinals, and uh, you know who knows they might meet again in the playoffs. So that that would be an interesting, yeah. that would be an interesting rematch, um, and maybe a referendum on Colin Moore. Uh, before we get on out of here, Baldy, the final week of the regular season is always tricky as the league tries to plan these matchups and who plays who on which day at which time to try to maximize the eyeballs. And the reality is a lot of these games teams are going to be treating as the extra buy because there's only one buy now versus two. And you don't really know from a competitive standpoint what's going to truly be at stake in most of these games. But they moved the Raiders and Chargers to the final game of the regular season for a reason. Barring the Colts losing to the Jags and a bunch of other stuff happening, that game is going to have meaning. Although there is a scenario where they could tie and both go to the postseason. It seems remote now. Who knows by the time we get to 8 o'clock Sunday night. But regardless, um, Justin Herbert on a national stage with their playoff lives at stake. The Raiders, who continue to show tremendous resiliency, when you look at all that team has been through—from John Gruden being booted out of the league to you know Henry Rugg's situation and yeah. Arnett—and mm-hmm. they they don't have an offensive line. Waller's barely played the second half of the year, uh, yet here they are with the chance to control their own destiny. Uh, it should be a heck of a football game, uh, and and I will concede—I was I, at least twice I've said or written. The Raiders are done, and I was wrong.
0: I saw him last week live against the Colts, talked to Mike Mayock for a long time before the game, talked to Max Crosby, a bunch of guys. Um, I thought they would play well. Their defensive front has been unbelievable. They play the game the right way. Um, I don't know that people really understand just the uh, just the ability that Richard Bisaccia has to pull people together, to elicit the right message. I know part of his message to his team in the passing of John Madden was the three biggest leaders of the Raider organization, Al Davis, Tom Flores, John Madden, all Hall of Famers. Like, maybe we should play uh, the game the way those three, you know, men would want to see us play. I think it was pretty inspiring. Um, Derek Carr couldn't have played bigger in a bigger spot at the end of that game to go win the game. Uh, it was, it, 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 it's a complete team effort. And what's interesting, I was just kind of doing this thing, Jason. Like, they've got six players right now. You talk about this game in Las Vegas this weekend against the Chargers. They've got six players playing a prominent role for the Raiders that are former Chargers. That's not to mention Gus Bradley or Ron Miles, the defensive back coach. But Denzel Perriman's playing his best football he's ever played. He's got a, almost 150 tackles. You, you can't take your eyes off 52. He's everywhere. But, you know, you look at what um, Darius Fillion is doing, you know, at defensive tackle and Casey Hayward, who's been to the Pro Bowls at Chargers. Like, you look at these guys, yeah. and they're all making an impact. And I just get the feeling that some of these guys and some of these coaches uh-huh. might be looking at the Chargers going, oh, it's time to pay you guys back. You know, and that's how players think anyways. So that, that'll Brandon Fashon is, you know, starting at one corner for him. They're all, they're all former Chargers. So it's, it'll be pretty interesting, but I, you know, look, you mentioned it. This is Justin Herbert's, like, this is his party yeah. Um, this weekend. Like he's expected with all of the, the talent around him, uh, a rebuilt offensive line, the best young lineman in football, Rashawn Slater, free agent center, the receivers the running back, he's expected to get this team to the postseason. And the Raiders are right in his way. So there's, this game is
1: going to be fascinating. It's going to be a phenomenal game. Chargers have been out physical on defense for much of the year. The run defense has been an issue. I believe the Raiders are 11-3 and all-time when Josh Jacobs runs the ball 20 times or more. He we'll looks see. good right now. Yeah, uh, we'll Josh, see how he, that plays he out. He looks quick. He looks yeah. really quick right now. Yeah. Yeah, so that that could be an interesting factor as much as we'll talk about um, the, the QBs. I, I suspect that game is won or lost in the trenches. Well, Baldy, this has been a blast as always. We thank you guys for listening to this Week 18 edition of Baldy's Breakdowns. We come to you, as always, courtesy of our friends at Odyssey. We thank everyone there as well. Please hit us up on Twitter at Jason Lockinfora at BaldyNFL. Let us know what you think of the podcast. Please subscribe, rate and review as well. Spotify, iTunes, wherever you download us from. Um, Baldy will uh, be at the uh, Steelers-Ravens game. I will be in New York for CBS uh, monitoring all the games. And when we meet with you guys next week, we will be discussing the playoffs end the coaching carousel baldy safe travels my friend i know you're only going down the road uh but 95 has been crazy lately so you never know Uh, (laughs) but i I wish you all all the best and and uh look forward to breaking down the playoffs next week likewise jason i mean monday is going to be
0: it'll be interesting i i don't know what you think coaching changes jason if it's in that
1: six to eight number it seems like I think that five or six, right. Baldy. I think five or six. I mean, the Raiders' situation is to be determined. I mean, if Rich Passaccia gets in the playoffs, yeah. Um, I think Mark Davis has to think long and hard about standing pat. Obviously, we know Jacksonville will have a new head coach. I think Minnesota, uh, Denver, um, more likely than not, we'll, we'll have something going on. I'm not buying that Joe Judge is really, 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 really safe at the end of the day. Um, I think there's some determinations that will will we'll still be made there. Um, I think Seattle is a situation that certainly um, bears some monitoring, and, and Chicago, I think, will be at least looking for a new head coach and, and maybe much more. So thank you guys for listening, and talk to you next week.